Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Bartles, a water and integrative cropping systems educator with Nebraska Extension. And today I will be joined by Dr. Amit Jala, and we will be talking about herbicides. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Yes, doing very well. Yeah, thanks for having me here on the podcast today. Of course. So for those of our listeners that haven't met you before, can you tell us a little bit about your role in Extension? So I'm Nebraska Extension Weed Management Specialist. Uh, my office is in Lincoln uh, in Department of Agronomy and Horticulture, and I conduct research and extension activities in agronomic crops in eastern part of the state uh, that includes wheat control in corn, soybean, sorghum, and popcorn. Those are the four crops that we grow uh, quite a bit in Nebraska. Great, yeah. And you host some field days across the state, which are pretty popular, so producers might have seen you at those. Yes, and this year it will be on June 29th. Uh, So yeah, I encourage uh, everyone to pre-register and um, we will have a great uh, in-person field day on June 29th at uh, South Central Ag Lab near Clay Center. Yes, that's always a really good program. Uh, so I encourage everybody to attend and get that on their calendar. Always lots of really good information and really good demo plots to really see what that looks like in person. So there's been some, maybe not confusion, but the hot topic might be for some producers is our Enlist products. Yes, uh, so Enlist technology came to the market uh, before two to three years. Uh, that includes Enlist corn and Enlist soybean. So those new technologies basically means um, corn and soybean are resistant to multiple herbicides. That includes um, 2,4-D-choline, glyphosate, and also glufosinate. Uh, means uh, herbicides like Enlist 1, Roundup and Liberty type of herbicide. So the idea here is uh, growers can now apply any of those three herbicides post-emergence for control of broadleaf weeds, uh, particularly glyphosate-resistant broadleaf weeds. Like in the state of Nebraska, we have confirmed glyphosate-resistant common ragweed, giant ragweed, palmer amaranth, waterhemp, kochia, and tail. So those are the six uh, glyphosate-resistant weeds that we do have in the state of Nebraska and they are widespread. So using this new technology can provide us an opportunity to control those uh, glyphosate resistant as well as difficult to control weeds such as common lamb squatters, velvet leaf, or those can be effectively controlled by using right herbicide at right time in endless corn and endless soybean. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like we just keep adding resistance to the list of of what these weeds are resistant to. That is true. And it is not only Nebraska, but uh, everywhere across the country and particularly in Midwestern United States where we have uh, corn and soybean is in crop rotation and we are using the same herbicide again and again. So it is nothing related with herbicide, but uh, the use pattern is important. So for example, right now, if we are going to use like Enlist One or Extendimax type of herbicides again and again every year, then again, we may end up with having 2,4-D resistant 
palmar emirant in the state of nebraska or maybe dicamba resistant palmar emirant because uh, some of my colleagues in other states for example in tennessee last year they have confirmed glyphosate resistant palmar emirant so i believe we may need to understand and do not use the same herbicide again and again in the same field we just mm -hmm. need to use the different herbicide chemistry and rotate the crop that will provide an opportunity to use different uh, herbicides in the same field because really what it's like you said is it's not a failure of our herbicides it's the fact that we're basically selecting for weeds that are resistant to that herbicide so when we go through and we spray our field well by default when that reproduces now the population is more of the resistant weeds just like you said how important it is to rotate what herbicides we're using and in, in not only rotate but making sure it's a different mode of action so not just a different product so we can get those weeds that might have es escaped the first round of herbicides absolutely and that's why we are recommending to use uh, pre-emergence herbicides with multiple mode of action uh, and in both uh, fortunately in corn and soybean we do have some herbicides that will provide really effective residual control of a majority of weed species that we do have. So therefore, our first recommendation is just to start with a good uh, pre-emergence herbicide can be applied at planting of corn or soybean, and then that will make a good foundation for residual weed control at least for a few weeks. And then if it is required, growers can select a post-emergence herbicide and then it will be a good combination to use pre-emergence and followed by post-emergence herbicide because if we will rely only on post-emergence herbicides, then um, yeah, it is uh, difficult to control those resistant weed populations just by relying on a single post-emergence herbicide. So I think you talked a little bit about this already, about what are Enlist technologies. Is there anything else you want to add on that? Right. And there was a little bit of controversy about the use of Enlist products. And this is because uh, in January, US EPA prohibited use of Enlist 1 and Enlist Duo. Those are the herbicides being used in Enlist corn and Enlist soybean. So US EPA prohibited to use those um, herbicides in 32 Nebraska counties. Uh, they were mostly covering central part of the state and this was because uh, in their risk assessment they mentioned like um, use of these herbicides may cause some injury to american burring beetle which is an endangered species uh, can be affected by those two herbicides um, however again in march this year just before few days now uscpa conducted some in-depth uh, risk assessment and they also received some more information based on uh, species range maps from the U.S. Peace and Wildlife Service. Uh, so EPA expects that the use of these products with the existing label requirements in place to mitigate spray drift and pesticide runoff will not likely uh, jeopardize the American burring beetle or other listed species and their critical habitats in these counties. So now, not only in Nebraska, but also in some other states, uh, now growers will able to use uh, those Enlist 1 and Enlist uh, Duo herbicides. So now there is no any restriction on use of uh, those two herbicides uh, across the state of Nebraska. 
Yeah, that's probably really good news for some of our producers. I know as we were sharing, you know, before the announcement in March, when we were sharing the restriction of enlist in those 30 plus counties in Nebraska, that was, you know, kind of sent some people into a panic. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people had probably already purchased their seed with those technologies. And so that's not a place to be in to pay for, you know, a technology that uh, where you can't use the product. So how can growers use Enlist corn and and soybeans for control on resistant weeds? So in soybean, uh, as I told you again, they can still use any pre-emergence herbicide with uh, multiple mode of action. uh, And that is the good thing about all the pre-emergence herbicides um, labeled in soybean can also be used in Enlist soybean. So basically, you can use any pre-emergence labeled herbicide in any type of soybean. But when it comes to post-emergence herbicides, then you may need to be selective. You cannot really use uh, dicamba-based herbicides like Extendimax in Enlist soybean. You may need to use either Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo. So Enlist 1 is basically a 240 choline-based herbicide, and Enlist Duo is a premix of 240 choline and glyphosate. And there are certain things that growers may need to consider is number one, no application is permitted after soybean is in bloom and might attract pollinators. And this is just to prevent those um, killing of pollinators by application of those Enlist and Enlist Duo herbicides. So they cannot use uh, when soybean is in bloom stage, means soybean will start flowering, then you cannot use uh, those Enlist products in soybean. Another point is prohibiting endless product application when rainfall is expected to occur within 48 hours and when soil can no longer absorb water. So this is just to prevent runoff from these 240-based herbicides. And also prohibiting irrigation that would result in runoff within 48 hours of application of the endless herbicide products means you cannot use if rainfall is expected in 48 hours after applying endless products. So uh, these are some of the important points that growers may still need to consider. Now, good thing is growers will able to use those endless and endless duo products. However, they may still need to consider all these requirements uh, listed on the label by USCPA. One more is uh, minimizing endless product application when soybean crops are in bloom to reduce the risk to insect pollinators or even like honeybees, um, they can visit soybean flowers. And also one more point is uh, downwind 30 foot infield buffer requirement to protect the sensitive areas. So if um, there is a sensitive area or sensitive crop is there, they may need to consider like 30 foot of isolation distance uh, between the area where endless products will be applied. So growers may need to consider those uh, before they apply um, endless products um, now across the state. Yeah, and as always, always be sure to check the label, you know, just making sure you, one, for your own safety, but also just to make sure that you're also just being a good steward of everything and making sure we protect our bees. They're a whole nother species that's having enough problems as it is. So just to reiterate, now you can use Enlist across Nebraska. Yes. But always following the label. Absolutely, yeah. And also particularly to reduce the drift, uh, you may need to 
apply when wind speed is less than 10 miles per hour. And also you may need to use the proper nozzles and you may need to add adjuvants which are labeled with uh, this product. So this is not only in Enlist One or Enlist Duo, but this is also absolutely true for all the dicamba-based herbicides that we have been using in dicamba-resistant soybean. So you may need to consider all those uh, volatility reducing agents to be mixed with them. This is all good management practices to avoid the off-target movement of uh, dicamba or 240 because um, we know we have corn and soybean are our major crops. Uh, uh, however, we also have some small acreage crop growers like cantaloupe and watermelon and grapes. And so all those crops are very sensitive to 240 or dicamba-based herbicides. And we may need to make sure we do not uh, create any off-target injury issues uh, after applying those post-emergence herbicides. And tomatoes. <laughs> Tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. <of> course, yeah. <laughs> tomatoes will look nasty. Right. If, you know, they they start growing all kinds of funny. All right. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know about on this topic? This is just to remind you to attend our uh, weed management field day on June 29th at South Central Ag Lab, uh, which is in between uh, Hastings and Clay Center on Highway Six. Yeah, it's always very informative and you always have a ton of plots to look at for producers, to, like I said, to get out and physically see the different herbicide programs and what that actually looks like in the field. So it's a great visual and it's always just a really good field day to attend. Right. And in addition to herbicide programs and information about new latest herbicides, we also have couple of really interesting projects about how you can use planting green when you plant soybean when cereal rice is actively growing and you just directly plant your soybean in the cereal rye and then you terminate after two weeks of planting soybean. So that basically helps to suppress the early emergence of water hemp and palmer emerant. So last year we also included that project and this year we are planning to include that project. So this will be a good opportunity for growers to learn about some non-chemical methods that they can use to suppress weeds. And this is how we may need to consider all those uh, chemical as well as non-chemical approach and we may need to consider integrated weed management approach for sustainable weed management. And you mentioned you also had a CropWatch article about this. Yes. So we already have a CropWatch article that I suggest uh, growers to read that and follow the instructions over there. Yeah. So that can be found at cropwatch.unl.edu. And you can find that full article there. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for your time. And I hope everybody has a good planting season. Thank you very much, Melissa.